All right, well, happy Easter, everybody. So good to see you. Welcome to New Life Church. This is your first time with us as a, as a guest. We are honored that you are here today, and we are so thankful that you chose to come to our uh, worship gathering this morning. And uh, we are prayerfully uh, and hopeful that you will uh, have experienced and will have experienced God's presence and know without a doubt God's love for you and the plan and the purpose that he has, and at least that gets deposited in us and stirred up, and we're reminded that Jesus is not in the grave, that death couldn't kill him, hell couldn't keep him, the grave couldn't contain him, and sin couldn't defeat him. And so if it was for him, the same spirit that brought Christ from the dead lives inside of us who are born again and believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that? Awesome. Well, that's what today's about. It's about being reminded and being rekindled in our heart for the Lord. It's also a special day uh, today for a young man in our church, Micah Varghese. It is his birthday today. And I, th- I think it would be okay if you guys are cool with this. Can, can we sing happy birthday to Micah? Amen. Yeah, can we do that? All right. I'm going to turn my mic off so I don't embarrass anybody. Awesome. Happy birthday, Micah. You're loved and you're valued, brother. Awesome. Let me turn our attention to God's Word this morning for the next few minutes. I know you've got Easter dinner, kids got Easter egg hunts, and all this other stuff that goes on today that we like to have fun with. And so we want to take a few minutes and come to God's Word. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Verse 1 says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. And this is the Mary who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, Lazarus, Max, Pam, Tony, Micah, Kaylee, Lindsay, Gary, see who else can I name? Everybody. (laughs) He stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, can you say finally? finally? He said to his disciples, let's go back to 
Judea. Verse 17, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Jump down with me to verse 25 where we will end the reading of today's text. Jesus spoke and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone, can you say anyone? Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this? Let's bow our heads. God, thank you for your word that is so good, so right, so true. Never leads us astray. Takes us to paths we didn't think we could go. But brings us to the destination that you've called us to walk in. Lord, today we are thankful for Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate here in our time zone. Being reminded of who you are. And that when it looks over... It's not really over. When it looks bleak and looks dark, hope is on the rise. We thank you now, and I pray and ask that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ would be alive in every life, in every heart, and every soul represented here in this place today. Let us hear now what you have to say in Jesus' name. And everybody can say amen. Today I want to talk to you about this. It's Easter, and the title of today's message is called, It's Personal. Look at your neighbor and say, it's personal. Say, he's going to talk about you. Go ahead, get it over with. He's going to talk about you. It's all good. I'm not going to tell your secrets because I don't know them, but Jesus does, but he still ain't sharing it because there's something special about his blood that covers it and wipes it away. Amen? Aren't you glad? This miracle here in John chapter 11 is a, is a foreshadow of the resurrection of Jesus, but it is also a foreshadow of our own resurrection. It foreshadows our coming alive and staying alive and being alive. And the thing about this story that's a little confusing about life sometimes that sticks out is this. Jesus loves us and he knows what to do with our life even when life is messy. He knows what to do with the mess of life. And I love this story. I love this miracle because it really displays two parts. It displays the part of life that is messy, but it also displays the part of life that is the miracle. That the good news for all of us is when our life is a mess, we can have hope because the miracle is around the corner. Anybody excited about that? That your your life though it be messy, does not have to stay in that condition. That if we put our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ, that it's more than just a story. It's more than just a historical account. It's more than just a book. It's more than just a fairy tale because it's bigger than that. It's reality. He really died on the cross. He really was buried in the tomb for three days. And God really raised him from the dead. And I'm so glad he's not on the cross. He's not in the grave. But he is at the right hand of God the Father making intercession for you and I. Always calling out for you and you and you and you and me to say yes to him and that we not live on this planet separated from our heavenly father but that is what mess does 
Even though we know Jesus loves us, we're told Jesus loves us, we are still affected by the mess of life. And part of the mess of life has these three ingredients in it that are not good when you mix them together. That is sin, that is suffering, and that is Satan. Put those three together and life is sad, life is grieving, and life is deceiving. But you bring the miracle maker involved. You put him in the picture. And he has a way of turning things around. And this isn't just some cute, you know, poetic scripture and preaching sermon today. This is the way we are called to live in our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ. See, this story, the messy part of life, three things stick out. Sin, suffering, and Satan. Mary, or excuse me, starting with Martha and Mary, the sisters of Lazarus, sent word to Jesus. He's sick. Lazarus is sick. He decides to stay where he is two more days. But he stays saying, although he loves them... He's going to stay where he's at. And for you and I, in our, in our fast-paced, get it now, while it's hot, get it yesterday, before everybody else gets it, we want it our way all the time, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Because we want to avoid the outcome. We want to avoid having to go through certain things. Do we not? I don't wake up thinking, man, I just want to go through hell today. I don't wake up thinking, man, I hope I get a bad diagnosis from the doctor. I just want to go through some stuff. I don't wake up thinking, man, I hope I don't have any food to eat this, this, today because, man, I really want to be hungry. Right? No, we don't wake up thinking that way, but life has a way of bringing certain things our way that's unfair. But the truth remains, Jesus loves us and he knows what to do with our life. But he's waiting for us to call to him, send word to him, turn to him, and say, I need you in my broken state. I need you where I'm at. And that's what they did. And he stayed where he was for two more days. And then finally, it happened to me. He goes. He goes. Martha sees him coming. Martha is sad. Martha is crying. Jesus if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Right? right? You can ask that question a million times over. Lord, if you would have just, I would not have had to. And that's where we get hung up. But Jesus, in the midst of Martha's sadness, declares to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will not die. Even though he does die, he will live. If you will believe in me. And he asked the question, do you believe? You see, Martha was not sinning at the moment. But earlier in her life, she was caught sinning. And that was this. Jesus had went to her house to have dinner. And Martha was stir crazy and up running around like a chicken with her head cut off. She was going here and there and everywhere. And she was like, Lord, it, is it, it's not fair for me to be running around cooking and preparing while my sister Mary, the Holy One, sits at your feet. And he tells her, look, Mary has chosen the right thing. You don't need to worry about the details. That's good news for somebody like myself who's, who is uh, very analytic and, and likes to think their way through every step of life that God's reassurance to me is, hey, you don't need to always worry about the details. You need to sit and be quiet and absorb my love for you. You see, Mary was guilty of doing and working instead of sitting and being. You know, 
And that's what sin likes to do to our life. It makes us sad because it separates us from God's love for our life. You know, sin, we like to measure it, we like to mark it, we like to label it, we like to, you know, stockpile it and put it in different places. But here's the, here's the real definition of sin. In its simplest form is this, anything that causes us to miss our mark with God. Anything that causes you and I to get off track with Him is sin. Now, there are different consequences to different disobedient acts, obviously, but nonetheless, sin is this. It causes us to miss our mark, to get off track with our God. And Martha had gotten off track with her God. But Jesus was there to put her back on track. And that's what Jesus does best. He puts us back on track. We don't need to be afraid of Him. We don't need to run from Him. We don't need to hide from Him. We don't, try, we don't need to try to keep secrets from Him. Because he's not out to shame us. He's out to put us back on track. And that's exactly what he's so good at doing. But the mess of life makes us sad through sin because it separates us from his love. But God, through his son, displays his love and wants us to know his love. But another part of of the messy part of life is suffering. Suffering. Suffering is difficult. Suffering leaves us grieved. Because without hope, we drown in our despair. When we're hopeless, we, we, we will drown in it. We don't know. Is there, it, will today get any better? Will tomorrow be any better? Will it ever change? Will things ever turn around for my life? And that's where Mary found herself in this predicament with Lazarus dying. She was grieving. But in, here's what Mary did. When she saw Jesus coming, she went and fell at his feet. And she wept at his feet. And the good thing that that sticks out from that story right there is that it's the Bible says, as Mary wept, Jesus wept with her. You see, Jesus knows what it's like to suffer. No one is exempt from suffering, not even Jesus. He knows what it's like to go through pain. So today, whatever level of pain your life is in, You need to know that Jesus has been there. That Jesus knows what it's like. You see, it's personal. It's personal. In your pain, Jesus will weep with you and sympathize with you. I'm so glad that we as believers, suffering apart from the Lord, if you suffer apart from the Lord, not knowing Jesus, it's torture to our souls. Suffering apart from the Lord, going through life, through, through difficult times, through painful times, through affliction, through everything else that creates suffering and grieving is hard. It's torture for our souls if we are not in the Lord. Now, does it hurt when we, when we are with the Lord? Absolutely it hurts, but here's the difference. Jesus is with us. I'd rather go through life suffering knowing that Jesus is with me and can help me than go through life apart from Him, knowing that that pain, that suffering will take me out but Jesus promises life and he wept with Mary and today friends he weeps with you in your valleys in your lows in your depression in your oppression in your questioning in your wondering Jesus weeps with you that with him he brings comfort
But then that's not all the parts. You got sin is bad enough, suffering's bad enough, but then Satan. Satan is in the mix. He's, here's what he does. He brings deception. And when he brings deception, he causes there to be doubt. You see, you had Martha and you had Mary. And this story goes on to show there were also the mourners. The mourners were people of doubt in this story. They, they were looking around and wondering what's going on. And they saw Jesus going over to the tomb where Lazarus was buried. And they said, man, this guy healed a blind man. Surely, surely he could have kept Lazarus from dying, right? Come on, your God healed so-and-so. Your God did this. Your God did that. Surely he could have kept that from happening to you. And so what happens is doubt rises in our minds. And we begin to doubt God. You see, if Satan can't get us trapped in sin, if Satan cannot get us stuck in our suffering, he will try to create doubt in our minds that God is alive, that God is real, that God is kind, that God is good, that God is love. He will try to get us to doubt all those things. And doubt tranquilizes and paralyzes our lives from truly following and fulfilling the purpose that God has for our life. Doubt does that. You see, when you're doubtful, when you don't know which way to go, usually what happens is you just kind of stay there or you go back to familiar territory. That's generally what happens. Doubt has a powerful way of stunting our progress with God. But here's the thing. Jesus is on the scene right in the middle of a messy life and the Bible goes on to say that Jesus walks over to the tomb and that he's prepared to do something. So that is the good news and the hopeful news for us today on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, that Jesus stands at our tombs and he's ready to do something. Let's look at what he's ready to do. First of all, the miracle of life. Here's what Jesus can do. One, Jesus can command our stone of sin to be rolled away. Whatever you're facing, whatever you got going on in your life that seems, to, that seems to catch you off guard and keep you off the mark with God's path for your life, Jesus can command the stone of sin to be rolled away. He walked over to the tomb where Lazarus was and he told the guys, roll the stone away. And just like that, they rolled the stone away. And in your life today, Jesus commands the stones to be rolled away. He still moves stones today. Stones that cover us in darkness. Stones where we are hidden behind because of sin that leaves us sad because we're separated from God. And we're crying out deep within our heart, but we really don't want anybody to know, but we're crying out deep in our heart, God save me, God save me, God save me from this wretched place that I'm in. God save me from this despair. God save me from my demise. God save me from myself. And Jesus hears you and he rolls the stone of sin away in your life. There's no stone of sin too heavy that Jesus can't move in your life. You might be, you might be dealing with something that's this perpetual, that's pattern, that's, that, that's cyclical in your life that does not seem to go away. You just can't seem to conquer it. You can't seem to overcome it. But in, the, in Jesus Christ, with him in your life, he rolls those heavy stones away out of your life. But he doesn't just roll the stone away. He has something else in mind. And that is this. The miracle, second part of the miracle is this, is that Jesus can call you out of your tomb. 
of suffering. He walked over to the tomb, rolled a stone away, but then he stepped over there and he, the Bible says he shouted, Lazarus, come out! It's personal. He called his name. You see, if he had just said, dead person, come out! then all these dead people would have heard the voice and the command of God through Jesus Christ, and they all would have came out of the grave. But He makes it personal, and He calls out to you today, if you are stuck in a tomb of suffering, where you are trapped, and you are hurting, and you can't seem to get healing, and you can't seem to get closure, and you can't seem to get over your past, Jesus stands at your tomb today, and He calls you out. Here's a little thing about the ancient burial customs that took place back then. <coughs> they were buried on their day of death. You know, you didn't go to the funeral home and have about two or three days of waiting, planning it out, making sure family came in. On the day of their death, they were buried. Followed by seven days of deep mourning, 30 days of light mourning, and on the fourth day of that seven days of deep mourning. The fourth day was the day of deepest sorrows. And this was the fourth day. In your deepest of sorrows, that is when Jesus calls you out. Their feet were bound at the ankles and their arms tied to their body like, like this with linen strips and spices their whole body was wrapped in 100 pounds of grave clothes. 100 pounds. So if you went in 150, you were stuck at 250. <laughs> Some believe that the head was wrapped with so many linens that their head measured one foot wide. You thought you had a big head while you lived on earth. When you die back then, your head was even bigger. So the mental image here of Lazarus in the tomb was that he really did look like a mummy. If you're British, that's not your mommy. Mummy. <laughs> mummy. Some of you have some old pictures in your mind of some Abbott and Costello days and Three Stooge days when they go and, yeah, the mummy. And the others, if you're like 15 and 16, you're like, I don't even know who that is. What are you talking about? <laughs> The mental image here was Lazarus was like a moment. So he's in the grave. Jesus rolls the stone away. Jesus shouts, Lazarus, come out! So the mental picture of this whole thing is that Lazarus is like this, literally. He can't walk. He can't move. He's bound like this. And so the third part of the miracle is this right here. Not only does Jesus roll the stones of sin away in our life, and not only does, does Jesus call us out of our tomb of suffering, but Jesus also, he can unwrap our life and he can set us free. Aren't you glad he, you don't just get saved and call on Jesus and say a prayer and, and you feel good inside and you're like, okay, I got, I'm at peace and that, that's all good. But, but you've got a rest of your life to live. 
Jesus doesn't just forgive you and He not only heals you and calls you out of suffering, but He changes your life. He is a life changer. He is a life saver. He is a life transformer. Jesus unwraps us and sets us free. So the picture is this. Lazarus is wrapped in these 100 pounds of grave clothes. Cannot see. Wrapped all around. His head is one foot wide. His body weighs an extra 100 pounds. And through that muffling sound of linen, he hears the voice of Jesus. Jesus, Lazarus, Lazarus, he's standing in the grave and he's saying, Lazarus, and Lazarus said, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus, and here the whole time his ears are coming alive to the sound of a Savior who can take death and make it life again, and he says, Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus. He can't walk. All he can do is hop. They call it the Lazarus hop. Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus. Everybody's doing it. The Lazarus hop. Lazarus, Jesus, Lazarus, Jesus. And he comes out like this. He looked out like this. And when he comes out, everybody's looking like, oh, my God, O-M-G, he really does bring dead people back to life, but he's like, I got another part of the story, he's not going to stay a mummified state, he says, unwrap him and let him go, today in your life, You've called on a religious fide Jesus. You've taken your Easter communion. You put on your Sunday Easter best. But your life still stinks. Your life still smells. Your life still feels buried. Your life is still messy. What you need is not the dressed up religious Jesus. What you need is the Jesus who stands at the grave of your soul. And he says, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. I know who you are. I know where you are. I know what I have for you. Come out of your grave. Come out of those grave clothes. Walk out of death. Begin to walk again. Begin to believe again. Begin to have hope again. Believe to dream again. Believe in me again. Because if you believe, he said, I am. Come on, somebody. He said, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will not die. Even though he dies, he'll live forever. I don't play games. I don't play church. I play life, he said. He who believes. Why am I so loud? Because it's personal. I'm so glad that when I was lost and stuck in sin, and when my life was turned upside down, and I was hurt, and I was depressed, and I was lost, and I was wounded, that Jesus didn't say, hey, if you feel like it, come on out. 
hey, if it's Easter and you want to love me and know what life is, come on out. I'm so glad Jesus didn't say, psst, psst. Pass the note like you're in school. Do you like me, yes or no? I'm so glad he didn't do it like that. He just walked all up in my mess and he said, come out, come out. Don't stay where you are. Come on out. Come on out and live. Oh, live. I hear somebody, I know there's people here today that you want to live. This isn't a game for me. I don't put on a show for people. This is life. Life is in Jesus. I'm not perfect. I make my mistakes and I got my issues. But I'm so thankful that when a stone of sin tries to roll up over my life, Jesus says, roll it away. I'm so glad that when people hurt me and I get grieved and I get sad, Jesus says, come out of that tomb. And I'm so glad that when I'm tempted to go back to the life that I used to live, Jesus said, you're free. You're free. You're free. Don't go back anymore. Don't go back anymore. Come out of there. Come out of there and be who I've called you to be. Can we stand? Can our worship team come back? It's Easter. It's personal. It's personal. If we'll hop out of the tomb that Jesus calls us out of, knowing you're going to look foolish, knowing you're going to have some people come up to you and say, hey, aren't you the one who used to? Didn't you used to have this? Aren't you the guy I used to see dealing on the corner? Aren't you the joker I saw looking up pornography the other day? Aren't you the one who was raving and, ra- and chanting, I'm getting a divorce and now you're in love again? Aren't you? Yes, that was me. That was me. I have no shame. Jesus took it all. Yes, that was me. I was low. I was broke. I was disgusted. I was busted. I had nothing else to give but myself to Jesus. And I gave myself to him and he turned my life around. If we'll come out of that tomb, be willing to hop out of that tomb that Jesus calls us out of, He will transform us into a brand new person. Where you were hard in your heart, you will be soft. Where you were grieved, you will be healed. Where you were hurt and wounded, you will be well. Where you were trapped, you will be free. Because here's the reality of Easter is this. Our hearts won't hurt anymore. He heals them. Our souls won't stink anymore. He refreshes them. Our lives won't be lifeless anymore. We walk again. Whatever is going on in your life today, I know service has been good. Everybody's done a fantastic job. Our worship team, aren't aren't these folks good? 
our beautiful dancers, the next generation, man. How about that? Some lovers of Jesus expressing in a holy way, in a modest way, not Beyonce in it across the stage, but modest is really hottest. It's Easter. Do you believe? Let's bow our heads. It's personal. Do you believe today? Do you believe not just in a story? Do you really believe that Jesus really is the way, truth, and the life? He asked that question today. Do you believe I am? the resurrection in life. Because some perhaps might be here today thinking, well, if I really, really go to Jesus and I really sell out to Him, man, I'm going to have to give up so much and lose so much. That's false. You do give up, but you gain so much more. Here's the thing. It's personal. He loves you and He knows what to do with your life. It's Easter. It's personal. Will you respond to Him today? Will you at least give Him a nod? Will you at least give Him a look? Will you at least acknowledge Him today? He just needs a a response because it's personal. He loves you and He knows what to do with your life. It's Easter. Will you let Jesus change you? Oh, Be the person that Jesus has called you to be. The kind of person that God created you for. To love Him. To fellowship with Him. To walk with Him. To be a person full of the love of Jesus Christ. Not confused. Not dazed. Not out of it. But clear. Understanding. With great strength and surety. I know where my life is going. It's going forward. It's going heavenward. It is in Christ. Today, I know we prayed earlier. If you were here early on in the service, we prayed before we ask those of you to come forward for communion. But now I'm going to ask you to pray at the end. You see, it's not by an accident that you're here at church. I know you got up, you chose to. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe somebody drug you to church. Whatever they did, whatever you're here for, God knows you're here really because He ordained it. And there's this song this worship team's going to sing. Come to the altars. As they sing this song today, if you would like to come out of your grave, if you would like to walk out, maybe hop out, maybe you just are going to limp out. But when you do and God touches you, you'll no longer limp again. You no longer crawl again. You'll be free to be who He's called you to be. So whatever it is, maybe it's something I said. Maybe it's something the dancers did. Maybe it's something the, the singers said. Or maybe it's just God right now really dealing with your heart, saying, come to me. I'm going to invite you to come forward. And I'm just going to pray for you up here. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to give your story. I just want to pray for you. And then we're going to get ready to leave, okay? Come to the altars. Go ahead, sing this, guys.
sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes and song together today. Let's be thankful where we're at. Come on, let's worship the Lord in closing out right here. In your heart, love on Jesus right now. Forgiveness. Lover of Jesus, lift your hands. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Bow down before him. For he is Lord of all. Come on, he's risen. Is he risen in you today? Is he risen in you today?
Hallelujah. Today, if you didn't respond as far as walking this way, but in your heart, you know you want more. You want more. You know there's more in your life that you have not tasted or seen, experienced yet. Jesus is the one call away. Just call out to him. Call out to him. Let me pray for you today, and then Pastor Lindsay's going to come up and officially dismiss us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for what this time represents. And I hope and pray that we have truly brought you honor, brought you glory, and brought you praise. And God, it's in our heart to not just do that on a Sunday in a church service, but to really do that every day. To really do that every day. And so I pray as we go forth this week, in this new season, that we would live with the true resurrected power of Christ in our souls. That when we're tempted to bow to sin, when we yield to the suffering and stay in a grieving state, God, when we are deceived and it makes us doubtful, I pray our ears will hear your voice calling out our name. It's personal. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to live there. I have a better way. I have a better way. Let us respond to you and go forth in this power of what Easter is all about, that you are, Jesus, the resurrection and the life. Let it be real in all of us, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.